Hey everybody, welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Inger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey guys, this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today, guys, we are going to be talking about the linear progressive peaking strategy, linear progressive load strategy. Um, Some people refer to it as, and I know in the past we have talked about peak week on a previous podcast, and you probably know if you've listened for a long time that we are not a one-size-fits-all approach. We are very unique in our strategies, and we cater them to specifically to that competitor's body at that snapshot in time. So uh, it's not mm-hmm. likely that a competitor is going to repeat a same peak week. They're not going to know from one show to the next exactly what to expect <laughs> in um, you know definitive terms because depending on where that person's metabolism is at the time and how they're responding it's always going to be constantly changing and during that week you know as coaches we monitor very closely and watch as the body's changing and adapting and I know for myself personally I've never really had the same peak week twice myself and um, you know most of my clients I can't even recall one that's ever peaked the same way so thoughts on that Chris Yeah, I definitely, when I started coaching, thought that it was about figuring out the perfect prep and the perfect peak for that person's body, which um, after years of getting experience with this, I've quickly realized that no prep is the same, even with the same athlete, Um, even the same year. Stuff changes, and like you said, Amy, there's so many variables, so it keeps you on your toes for sure being a coach just watching bodies change and i've just noticed as well even during peak week there'll be random variables that will get thrown in so you have to while you may have like an initial plan of how you're going to load someone you have to be ready to adjust and make last minute changes so um yeah having variety and knowledge of how this works and developing the eyes brings so much value when trying to get that perfect physique yeah, and we're not going to show any bias here in the beginning, uh, <laughs> anyway, of just the different strategies that are out there that you may have heard of. We're just going to clearly define what each type of peaking strategy that there is that exists, and then we'll kind of clue you in on, um, you know, maybe some of the pros of why and when you would use certain uh, techniques and why we like certain ones versus others. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is the backload. And this is a very traditional peaking strategy. Uh, When I first started doing, um, you know, my very first national competition, I remember that this was the method that my coach used on me. And um, this person always jokes around about how they've been around since the Civil War. So you probably know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, But they are, it's very traditional to do a backload. So a backload is basically you have a full week of depletion during your uh, peak week pretty much your diet doesn't really change that much except for friday the day before a show if it's a saturday Mm -hmm. um, then you have a pretty big load in terms of carbs and that's going to be on that friday around lunchtime and then that in essence is you know supposed to give you that little bit of a bump 
to get the glycogen fullness the next day when you go on stage. So that's what I would define as a backload. I think that's pretty much on par with most of the contest prep coaches that are out there. Again, like there's no uh, there's no like handbook to this. It's not like there's like definitive uh, outline definitions that you can actually look this up. But right. essentially, that's what a backload is, a traditional backload. Um, there's also a rapid backload. And that one is basically, again, you have a long depletion uh, period for a very low amount of carbs. And then at the very end, it could even start as early as Thursday. You start rapidly loading in calories. Um, mm -hmm. So that one is more intense, I would say, than... Mm -hmm the traditional backload and somebody that probably popularized that one that you have you know of that I've talked with on the podcast is like a Lauren Dana Miller um, her mm -hmm. coach Kyle has used uh, a method like that with her um, but again she doesn't use it every time it's only certain situations so um, but we'll get more into that did, before I move on to the next two, did you have anything to add definition-wise to backload traditional and then the rapid? Um, so I can't – do you want to discuss, like, situations where you may or want to use a backload? That's um, – Yeah, we can like get into that. Let's first define them, and then we can go into, like, case sure. studies and uh, pros okay. and cons. But I just kind of want to just give like the definition. So did you want to define a front load or did you want me to take that one? No, I think you should define. Okay. <laughs> You're good at the definition. Okay. So this one, as I was doing my research, um, so I found some discrepancies on our definition of front load at Glam Girl versus other contest prep um, teams. So you you probably know Dr. Joe Klinzeski. He's very popular um called the diet doc and he is like a mentor to a lot of different um you know famous coaches uh you probably know of certain influencers that are out there i know lane norton used the front load proceed uh, method this is in their definition this is where you do a huge carb up on monday uh for mm -hmm. a saturday show and then you basically have lower carbs leading into the show. Um, whereas our definition at Glam Girl is you would have for a Saturday show the carb up after three depletion days, so Sunday through Tuesday, you would have your carb up on Wednesday, and then you would have like your baseline carbs or slightly higher on Thursday and Friday. So there, that one definitely has some varying definitions. Would you say that's an accurate assessment of that one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're they're named the same thing, but I feel like the biggest difference is the timing. Yeah. Um, in terms of days, yes, exactly. Okay, and then the progressive linear load is, let's say, for example, somebody has uh, 100 grams of carbs on Monday. Basically, it's titrating up throughout the week so that their highest carb day is actually Friday, but each day it climbs and climbs and climbs. So I don't really know why it's called linear because when I think of a line, I think of a straight line. I guess they're saying linear in terms of like a 45 degree angle. So 
that's kind of what mm-hmm. it would look like um, in that regard. Like it's slowly climbing up. Um, and then is there anything else that you wanted to add to that definition? No, that's pretty much it. Okay. So let's go over body types first that we would probably want to use on each. So why don't you start sure. with the back load? What would be a body type that going into it that you're yeah. like, okay, I need to use a back load on this person. Yeah. So typically if someone has a little bit more to lose or they're coming close on getting the, the right conditioning, um, typically more of an endomorph or mesoendomorph, um, body fat's just a little bit more stubborn to come off. A lot of times the back load works really well with them. Um, I know when I started competing, that's a lot of the methods that you use with me, Amy, and that seemed to work really well. Um, the only time that I may transition someone with a different body type into a back load is when we're timing their menstrual cycle. Um, because sometimes because of the hormone fluctuations, it is, it is harder to get that right conditioning. So it's a little bit more of a conservative approach. And usually we can, we can nail it, um, keeping carbs a little bit lower throughout the week. Yep. And the only other time that I use it that you didn't mention, if it's like an ecto mezzo type of person that traditionally I would use a front load on, um, this person may have had some deviations with their diet and we're trying mm. to catch up and really glycogen deplete them till the last minute. Um, so they just need more time in a deficit because they had maybe some like really bad deviations. That would be the That's only time point. I would use it for like an ectomorphic person just to kind of pull down some glycogen to kind of yeah. like deplete their stores even more so that they get that super compensation on Friday. So the super compensation phenomenon is really what makes the, I mean, we always talk about like the unicorn magic and that's really where <laughs> the magic comes from is just that if you think about your, your body, your muscles, like a sponge almost. And if you're constantly saturating them, so let's say there's like a fluid, like water is kind of like your carbs, let's say. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, you're wringing out that sponge all week on the back load So you have a very, very dry sponge. And then on Friday, when you put some water in it, you know, it starts to expand and really fill out. And so you can kind of think your muscles like that sponge. Um, Mm -hmm. So that depletion really, it makes that super compensation phenomenon um, so effective because when you go from, you know, depletion for several days and then a big spike in carbs, then it can really get saturated in the muscles um, along with like mm-hmm. water, obviously, because water has to hold that in there along with sodium. Um, did you want to talk about rapid backload at all? Any so ways? I've never used a rapid backload or have experience with it. So, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know that I could add very much to that one. Yeah, the only person I I can think of a few people that I've used it on, and these people, they were more mesomorphs and I would say they're those people that have the really high high metabolism but they had Mm -hmm. going into the show they just weren't quite lean enough um and they're historically just 
really fast like burners like they burn through food yeah. very quickly and they're macronators so the only person that I can think of it's been very few and far between that I've used this method on is we started a backload a traditional backload and then as I was seeing their pictures they were just burning through food the depletion mm. had worked like it really had ramped things up and so we had to kind of start really like Thursday night starting giving them lots of food Friday kind of feeding them all throughout and I kept checking them after each meal kept feeding them all the way through the evening on Friday and it was crazy because there were striations feathering um <laughs> hardness like in bikini you don't want that kind of stuff that's not the look right. we're going for so that's the only time I've ever had to use it um I know for the example that Lauren Dana Miller had explained um, and if you watch her YouTube channel, you probably saw this part. Um, she had competed at a show and she had a bunch of like sweets and goodies and she thought she was done with her season. And so she like way overdid it with like donuts and all these different things. And then at the last minute they decided to do another show that was highly competitive. So they had to like basically give her zero carbs. I mean, she was like eating protein and veggies and like slight fats and things. And so she went really mm -hmm. hardcore the other direction. And then her metabolism started speeding up because she was so close. You know, sometimes when you yeah. you get between shows, like, you don't realize how every show it kind of makes you. Um, for most competitors, each show they do, they get, like, more food with me because they start mm -hmm. to ramp up their metabolism. And so in this particular instance, she had to eat a bunch of food. Um because they kind of just weren't keeping up with her metabolism at that point. Um, so that would be a case study there. And then the um, front load is the next one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk you about that it. one with your clients? <laughs> yeah. You use it on? yeah. So uh, <clears throat> the front load is definitely a little bit more calculated in my personal opinion. Um, and I have people check in a lot more frequently for that same reason of needing to pull out uh, or to put in more food if we find that things are kind of like getting out of control or lower carbohydrates if we're, we're seeing a, someone spill over. There's a lot more like fine tuning, I think, with that um, because the body can respond like so quickly. And I even see if people are like, more stressed or they're bringing down cortisol changes within how their body is looking as well which then we have to make adjustments to food um but i would say when people are getting to uh more of an optimal conditioning level that's where we use the front load and like amy said like amy talked about using that super compensation to really get the full pop and effect of the fullness of the muscles uh, getting on stage yeah, and so we do it on Wednesday so that they're looking perfect on Saturday. And so I think where the disconnect as to why some people dropped that method and started using the progressive linear load, uh, from what I, I'm i understanding from what they did in their method, when they do the carb up on Monday, they were looking great on like Wednesday and Thursday. And so that's where you lose out on that window. So. We do the depletion long enough, but um, in the week so that you're getting that bump on Wednesday, 
So you have enough time to fully process and digest all those carbs because in some people, it can be upwards of like three to 450 grams of carbs on that Wednesday. And mm -hmm. if you're doing that on like a Friday, there is no way you're digesting that food. And you're going to wake up the next day. Your food, there are some foods that take 24 hours to fully digest. There are some that take like 12 to 16 hours. So depending on when your show is, if you're eating a bunch of carbs on Friday and you're waiting that long, sometimes you can sacrifice the waistline. So what I see sure. is in the super compensation with the front load when we do the carb up on Wednesday is the next day, if it works perfectly, their waistline usually gets tighter. Um, sometimes they drop weight. And it's just one of those things you have to monitor. So everybody's body responds differently. If, you know, they kind of stay at the same weight, even though they had this huge carb up and their inches kind of stay the same, then you go back to baseline carbs on Thursday and Friday. If they have a drop, then you do like a kind of halfway in between baseline mm -hmm. and, um, you know, their uh, carb up. So it's just, it's one of those things that's, comes with you know you have to know your client very well in terms of collecting data you have to have an eye for this you have to have been doing this for several years to see mm -hmm. how those things are working I would say this one has more chance for error if mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing so um, yes. you know probably one of the reasons why I, I did a lot of backloading with you in the beginning is just it's a more mm -hmm. vanilla approach there's not as many variables to kind of mess up however by doing that carb up at noon on that friday you know what i know now is like a lot of that glycogen isn't going to be in the muscle in time by the next day um it's also not necessarily going to be fully digested in your system so those nutrients mm -hmm. aren't going to be saturating the muscles fully by then so that's why we do it early um ectomorphs have to have this kind of peaking protocol. Um, I typically use it for people that have, you know, a high carb, low fat type of diet. And mm -hmm. that's another thing with the backload. If somebody is more high fat, low carb, you really can't do a front load on them. You have to do a backload. Um, it's just yeah. the nature of the beast um, because their energy source is different. It's not carbs. But ectomorphs right. are are great for this um, in trying to get the maximal muscle fullness, but also not compromising the waistline. Yeah, and one thing to note too, going back to when you were talking about front load, <clears throat> I've just noticed a challenge when you're having that higher carb day on a Wednesday, for example, um, or you know. Yeah, on, on one of their days where they're, they've come from depletion and now they're carb loading and we're looking at them the next day. So they've had their day of high carb. We're looking at them to see how their body's looking. Um, if you are flying and like, for example, I had a client who's getting up ridiculously early to fly that day, took her pictures early. Um, that That's where I think like some of the data of like the scale um can kind of like throw off your your next move, right? If you need to bring carbs down or increase carbs, because their body's going to look different 
early in the morning. It looks different after food. It looks different after a workout. It looks different after a flight. Um, and just knowing that like the scale is going to read differently too, if you're waking up early for travel. Um, so that's where I think it all just really comes back to having a knowledgeable coach and a good eye because that's, that's one thing that hands down, I can say like bodies change so quickly and having a coach that's like on point with checking you regularly um, and providing different strategies and explaining why uh, just really helps, I think, ease anybody's nerves. And I mean, every client, I feel like wants to hear that they get more food, but um, just being ready to also like not commit to one peaking method. Um, that's one thing also that I've learned as an athlete, you know, we may go in with this strategy, but if things change, um, have extra food if you need to on hand or just be ready to kind of cut cool stuff back if it's not going in the direction that's initially uh, planned for. Yeah, those are all good points. And then the last one, the linear linear progressive load. So in this situation, you cannot have somebody that's not lean enough. So mm -hmm. again, it's not, you can't just be a coach that only uses the linear progressive loading because if you don't have a client that's quite lean enough, this method isn't going to really work for them. Um, so first of all, they have to be lean enough for sure. And you also have to know your client. Again, it's, I think there's more chance for error in terms of, I like the front load because you have like Thursday and Friday to kind of either pull back if they've spilled over yes, or you have time to give them more food. So it's a more flexible approach and you're allowing time for that muscle, those muscle bellies to fill out after that Wednesday carb up. Whereas you could be rolling the dice a little bit if you're waiting until Friday to be the highest day that you're giving that person carbs. Uh, you don't know if the next day they're going to wake up blurry. Um, and then, yeah. then it's too late because by the time Saturday rolls around, you cannot mm -hmm. do anything, basically. I mean, there's not anything that can be changed after Friday night. So, um, I mean, there's slight things depending on how long the show goes. I will say that. Mm -hmm. So, I stand corrected. I'm counter <laughs> contradicting what I'm saying, <laughs> but... Um, if it's a early morning show, then odds are likely you're not gonna be able to fix much the next day. Um, right. so with that method, I would say in all, I would not do it with an endomorph. Um, so somebody that has a mm -hmm. harder time losing fat, it could work for an ectomorph. Uh, but again, I err on the side of having a tight waistline and bikini and having really good digestion and staying mm -hmm. on top of that as well, because there's a line between being too conditioned, being too full, or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. not too full, but like spilling over and then also right. compromising the waist. So a lot of these ectomorphs, what I've noticed is they can handle a lot of food in terms of like what their muscles, um, you know, pulling that in but their waistlines when I think about my ectomorphs I think all of them that's a really big challenge is giving them enough food so that they stay full but that their waistline doesn't get huge is my struggle yeah. with those yes so that that's is why a I, huge challenge yeah that's why I prefer the front loading more so um in terms of any other pros and cons I know we have to wrap up soon but 
um, in general out of any of these methods? Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to add? No, I mean, I think we covered most of it. Um, I just gravitate towards the ones that I feel like I can have a little bit more control over. I hate someone working so hard through all of these weeks of prep and then they look at their pictures and they're like, I'm spilled over or uh, I mean, that's the one I, I feel like people really complain about because it's something that could be managed. I feel like people are okay being a little bit like on the tighter or flatter side. I mean, obviously we want to go for optimal, but um, yeah, I'm just, I want people to be happy with their stage shots and like the way that they're looking. So doing something where you have a little bit of control earlier in the week just makes me feel more confident as a coach. I think people some people get really freaked out with getting too much food close to the show as well and with hearing so much feedback about waistlines and bikini i do think that it's smart to look at you know food volume and digestion when you're considering a peaking method yeah and i will say you on your pro card with a backload um you know you did your pro debut with a backload and you did very well um and then i've had people winning overalls that have done front loads uh 100%. Most of my people that have been in overalls have done front loads. However, I can think of two people right now that have been in an overall pose down that did back loads. So it really is very, very context dependent. Um, it's mm -hmm. depending on where you're at in your prep to whether or not you're like in a point where you're reversing into the show or you're still, you know, kind of at that borderline, still kind of leaning out towards the last minute. So, um, Maybe if you can give us some feedback, we could, we'd be glad to go into different variables that are correlated with peak week and kind of doing like a series on this with, you know, sodium has a big factor, fats, how we incorporate those and how we utilize those. Cause we primarily talked about carbs and loading mm -hmm. methods, but there's so much to peak week. It is very nuanced. It is very specific to the person. So um, I know that we can't always talk in generalities, but um, we just had a few people like ask us questions about these methods. And I wanted to make sure that we kind of put our stance out there and where we land in that spectrum. And um, if you would like to leave us a message, DM us on Instagram, you can find us at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. And we do really, really appreciate it when you rate and review. That just helps other people that are interested in the same topics find us. And if you can tag us on your story, that would be wonderful as well. If you are interested in getting your unicorn prep, go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the Get Started button. This is Amy Anger, your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini. Amy Anger signing off with my <laughs> fabulous co-host. <laughs> and this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.